Hunters, and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast, the weekend of Saturday, November 6. I'm John Barker. Joining me once again, Joel Marshall and Daniel Nuttall, my colleagues from Winning Post. And uh, before we get started uh, on attacking the final day at Flemington, Joel, we need to acknowledge one of the greatest feats of tipping that has ever occurred, and that was by Daniel on this very podcast, tipping the first four in the Melbourne Cup, in order, at a price of 5,400 to one. Yeah, what a huge effort. I mean, that is just once-in-a-lifetime stuff. I thought I was quite uh, quite pleased with myself tipping the winner on top, but no, uh, all, uh, all praise to Daniel for getting the first four in order. Hard to do in any race, but uh, 20, 23 runners is a very good effort. Yes, Daniel, uh, Daniel has joined us, and uh, we were just... Uh, congratulating you, Dan. I shouldn't forget it, Joel, either. It's no mean feat to uh, tip the Melbourne Cup winner in most years. Possibly not quite so mean a feat had incentivised one this year, but uh, very elegant at uh, $16.50. And a pretty good result for uh, buyers of the Winning Post Cup special all round. Our page three trifectas, which I think prior to this year I held the uh, held the mantle of being the only person ever to get one, but uh, three out of... <laughs> Three out of the six this time, but uh, now you're here, Dan. Well done. Uh, as Joel said, you'll probably... It's like when my son took a hat-trick last December. I said, that'll never, ever happen again. And uh, probably the same in your case. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was... Um, look, to be fair, probably pick, probably didn't go um, as large on the first four that I probably should have. I, I went a bit uh, weak, I guess, and put quite a few numbers in the... Third and fourth line, it's still got a little bit of a dividend, but um, if I was a bit braver, could have got a bit on top, which ended up getting out to a good price. Um, yeah, a fantastic performance from Chris Waller and, and James McDonald, clearly being the stars of the spring, and um, she just relished 3,200 metres, didn't she? And, and look, whilst it was a bit of a long tail to the field, it was, I think the first four home would have run very competitive in a in any other year of vintage year, I thought. I thought it was very, um, <clears throat> first of all, very good. And the chosen run, run running on into a, a distant fifth was also pretty good. But, yeah, pleasing result. Hopefully we can um, continue the, the streak, though, in the, the uh, on Saturday. Precisely so, yes. That's the way it is in this game. We just press on. We uh, won't dwell on that any further. We will head to uh, Saturday at Flemington where we've got two $1 million Group 1s to finish the VRC Carnival. Uh, two fairly warm favourites in both of those. One particularly uh, warm favourite. Uh, the McKinnon being the other one, Zaki, a warm favourite, but um, quite a good McKinnon, I think, uh, by um, by recent standards. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Group 1 winners backing up from uh, the week before, and you've got the Cox Plate fourth place getter. So no walk in the park for Zark. However... We will start with uh, a very small field. We'll start with the first of the black type races. It is race two. Queen Elizabeth Stakes, 2,600 metres. Group three quality, uh, worth 300,000. Only the six acceptors, uh, but you could probably make a decent case, Joel, for five of them. Yeah, indeed. It's a, it's a pretty competitive little race. Um, in saying that, I'm remaining loyal to warning, and I've made him my best of the day, they didn't forget to back him in the St. Ledger. I think he was 19s into sixes official. I think he was shorter on the tote, 480. And it was a, a great ride by Nashua Willow. He really uh, 
was vigorous in the early stages to put him in a bit of a spot midfield, certainly much closer than what he where he had been his previous two runs and and then he took a bit of riding in the straight, but he got home well. He's got the 59 kilos. I don't think that's an issue. I think now that he's hard fit and Nash stays aboard, he'll be very hard to beat. Uh, you said, Barks, you can make a case for five of them. Well, one you're probably omitting was number six. He's a shocker. He's, well, definitely the one that's way outclassed on his, just pure f- on his record. One win, one placing from six starts. So I'm going to throw him in for second because he's, he's got a bit of upside. I remember Mick Price speaking about him. Back in the winter, they, they purchased him from New Zealand. They tried him in the Queensland Derby. He did say leading into that that he, he had a decent opinion of him. He thought that race was coming up too soon. And he ultimately didn't do much. But uh, I thought he was okay with the big weight uh, behind Durston and uh, Mankayan the other day. And that form's not too bad. In for third, for Luna Flair. And for fourth, number three, Dr. Drill. I've got the three on top here. That being the... Um... Three, Dr. Drill, who hadn't really been sort of step, sort of seen these longer trips um, in previous preparations, but this time around he's, he's sort of stretching out to 2,500 metres. Uh, 2,500 metres in Geelong Cup last start, I thought he was very good behind Trolley Rose. That mare uh, was just a little, a little too classy late, but he certainly gave her a bit of a scare. They're down halfway down the straight. Um, he ran pretty work, good behind Chabelle earlier in the preparation over 2,530 metres at this track, so... Uh, looks like as though he'll run this out um, in form and very consistent horse. So I'm going to put him on top of the three. Dr. Drill in for second. I have the one warning. Um, impressive win at Randwick last start over 2,600 metres. <coughs> um, sort of um, much improved effort there. And I think he can sort of go on with the job. In for third, I've also given the six. He's a shocker, a bit of a chance um, to remembering uh, Mick Price be quite glowingly about him. Um, when he arrived from New Zealand. Um, two runs back have been okay, but looks ready for this longer trip now. I just thought the one with a bit of upside, even though he's you know, tackling um, some tried and true older horses. And in for fourth, I got the four, Luna Flair. Um, obviously, defeated Floating Artist last start. Floating Artist, very unlucky not to win that race, but going on with the job and, and proving his class with a good fourth in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, my numbers, three, one, six, and four. Yeah, well, I'm going for the one that you blokes are obviously considered to be the only one that can't win, and that's Wentwood. Number five brings uh, the floating artist form as well, and uh, despite being a seven-year-old, is certainly in career-best form. Uh, going with that floating artist form too, with Luna Flair for second. Warning and Dr. Drill, five, four, one, and three. Race three, we can skip. Over race four is a listed race. It is the Amanda Elliott. 1,400 metre quality for three-year-olds. Joel? A three-port Louis for me. He's still a maiden, this bloke, but he showed so much potential back as a two-year-old. Often drew wide gates. We drew 14 in the Champagne in Sydney where he was very heavily backed and, and ran well and then came up with gates 16 and 13. He's two stakes assignments in Queensland. I thought the fresh run at Mini Valley was excellent, came wide and couldn't get Minsk moment, but beat everything else. And then yeah, he really had an off day in the Blue Sapphire. Damien Oliver did suggest perhaps blinkers. Well, he gets them, 1,400, and he gets barrier two. And Hugh Bowman, importantly, knows the horse. He was aboard in those three runs back as a two-year-old that I spoke of. So at 7 or $8, I like him each way. From 12, bend the knee. John O'Shea 
uh, kicked a goal on Tuesday in the last with Quantico, Karen McAvoy, and they combined here with Ben the Knee. Nice maiden win, fresh up, and then bumped into one that's uh, going pretty well up there. Snits on fire. Expect that form to hold up pretty well. 1-0 president's been terrible in his two runs this time in. But uh, Jay McAbord, he hasn't been aboard at either run. He gets on, blinkers on. If he can find that form where he beat Halal and Captivant in the skyline, well, you know, he would be favoured in a race like this. And seven decent reigns saved for this from Wednesday. She's having a good, honest preparation. Five kilo weight drop off that third behind Fangirl. Reads well for this. Three on top from 12, one and seven. Yeah, very tough race. I've got the six on top. Our Heidi, she's a maiden after two starts, but um, contested a couple of good races in those two starts. Second to Ranveer on debut on a wet track um, back in the winter. And then first up this time around, was a little bit unlucky not to go past Dream Queen in the Crockett Stakes at Mooney Valley. Um, she looks as though 1,400 metres will suit. Um, and despite the fact she's a maiden, I think she's a, a terrific winning chance in um, what is a strong ra- a strong and deep race um, <clears throat> race four. So six on top, our Heidi. In for second, I got decent rain, got that fangirl form um, at Randwick last start at 1,400 metres. Fangirl's obviously gone to Frank, Frank the form on Derby Day. In for third, I have the 12, bend the knee. Um, did impress me first up at the Provincials. This Colt, dominant win there. And then chased a pretty smart one, the unbeaten snits on fire. Last start, in for fourth, I have eight, Cape Breton. Um, showed he's a talented Colt in the winter. Um, just didn't do enough. Didn't do. Didn't, just didn't do anything. First up at benchmark grade in Sydney. Um, second up, I'm going to give, give him a chance to atone. Here, I think on his best form, we can give this a shake. Six, seven, twelve, and eight. Uh, yeah, I went for our Heidi uh, to beat Scissor Step, lavish girl and decent rain. Uh, now that they were scratched from Thursday. Uh, my numbers, therefore, would be 6, 2, 13, and 7. Race 5 at Flemington on Saturday. TAB Matriarch Stakes, 2,000-metre group 2. Set weights and penalties for the Mayor's job. Tricky race, I thought, but I've gone looking for a bit of value at around the $15 mark. Number 14, Charm Star. Brings an interesting form line into this. She had a couple of runs over the mile, then went straight to 2,400 in the Metroc, and she ran well, beating less than three lengths. We've seen that Metro form hold up pretty well since. And then she went to the Caulfield Cup and, and was terrible, but she wasn't alone there. There was a lot lot of horses in that race made to look pretty ordinary by incentivised. I like the freshen up back in distance. She beat home only words in the Queensland Oaks during the winter and she'll be double the odds of her. So I'll go with 14. To beat eight, Zaydani, mayor I've always had time for. I think she's just about ready now. She's had the run at 2000 against the boys. In the Kunji, or oh, I like all that form around floating artists, she'll get a soft run from the good draw. One Nimalee coming through the Empire Rose on Saturday, hit the line strongly. She's been competitive her one go at 2,000, even though it was, she was unplaced. She ran quite well. I think she's well-placed getting to this trip now. And 11, Lelude. Well, I did like it, Mooney Valley. Couldn't quite go with only words, who did get a lovely charmed inside run when she needed it. I thought Lelude, with a little bit of luck, could turn the tables on her. Uh, as I, you know, I've left only words out, but she is certainly a chance. It's a tricky race. I've gone 14 from 8, 1, and 11. Yeah, open race again. So I'm going to play a couple at bigger odds. One of those is the 10, Godeline. She's my top pick. Um, excellent in the Maui Cup. Last start on, on a heavy eight. Um, she'll get sort of wet conditions on Saturday, it seems. And she was a tough win there. She sat three wide, but was still far too classy for them. Um, 
back against her own sex here, up a kilo in weight and, and drawn well. So she should get a softer run this time around and um, she's had a very consistent preparation. <clears throat> Godaline, I think she can should measure up um, in a race like this. So she's not my top pick. The 14, Charm Star, I'm giving it a, uh, a chance to as well. Like Joel, uh, just thought running the Metrop was quite good too back uh, from a long way back and then obviously disappointing in the Caulfield Cup last start. This is far tougher against her own sex. And um, yeah, I agree with John that that form of the winter where she beat home. Only words went second to do ace in the Queensland Oaks. I've got only words in the numbers as well. Um, relished the rise and trip at Mooney Valley last start. Won that quite nicely. <clears throat> um, back a kilo and a half to 58. And in for fourth, have the five Mimi's Award. Um, very promising staying talent, this mare. She's fitted for two runs back and was quite good behind an informed horse last start on a wet track. Uh, 10, 2, sorry, 10, 14, 2, and 5. Mm. Well, I made my best uh, one that you've left out there, and that's Nimmer Lee, uh, number one. Just uh, far, well, the only only mare that's rated anywhere near her in this field is uh, Princess Jenny. And, uh, you know, probably I'm a bit uh, worried about leaving Princess Jenny out too after that second up run that was uh, a lot better. But Nimmer Lee's been good all prep and fourth in the Empire Rose, I think, is the right form. Yeah, uh, to beat Zaydani, Barbie's Fox, and Star L one eight thirteen three. Would have minded having Princess Jenny there on reflection. Race six, first leg of the Quaddy at Flemington on Saturday. Darley Sprint Classic. Um, as I've written in the publications this week, the uh, Everest, while it has been strangling the Manicato Stakes, it's been very good. For, uh, or it hasn't done this race any harm at all. Uh, the winner of this race has come through the Everest every year since the Everest has been going. But uh, the Everest has supplied four and five runners uh, to this race in past years. And this year, uh, it only supplies the one. <laughs> that being Everest, I assume, uh, being uh, Nature Strip, I assume that he's uh, scared most of his uh, Everest rivals off and... Uh, well, you'd think on face value, Joel, that this uh, looks a bit like turning the quaddy into a treble, would you not say? Yeah, indeed. It's a bit of a bit of a free kick uh, for the quaddy. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Everest runners. Well, I think it was there four of them came out and ran in that uh, the, the classic legend the other day. Four or five anyway. So they obviously all opted for that, knowing full well that Nature Strip was coming here. That had been telegraphed. So, yeah, they obviously didn't want to bump into him and, and it was big money for that race last week too, which we saw Eduardo uh, win quite easily. But Nature Strip should be winning this. Six Bella Nipatina, she's just uh, having a cracker of a prep. Couldn't quite get Jonker in the Manicado, but I think the way she's going, she's going to run well. And then I'll throw in the two three-year-olds in. Ranch Hand ran well last week for fourth and eight Shaquiro. was 100 to one, but didn't get much room in the straight. Probably should have run top four, probably a little between them. One on top from six, nine and eight. Yeah, one on top, Nature Strip, former um, of the Everest, obviously Eduardo coming out running well. Home Affairs was well back both since one and um, obviously proven down the straight. So it's really hard to see anything beat him. You've got to put one in maybe for a, a wider quaddy in case um, something was to happen or he had a really, really off day. It was uh, the Colt Chiquero down the bottom, 53 and a half. Um, just hasn't had a whole heap of luck this preparation. And the Moya first up. Um, was caught sort of inside there in between runners. And then last start as well, wasn't really clear till very late um, at a big price and when finishing midfield. So 
think with dropping in weight, he can he can run a, a blinder here and certainly run into the uh, run into the placings. The eight, nine in next ranch hands, very good down the straight, winning first up and but was solid in the Coolmore last start and in for fourth. Got the six spell on Nipotina, very consistent man who, as Joel referenced, having an outstanding preparation. One on top of eight, nine, and six. Uh, one for me too to beat Ranch Hand September Run and Shapiro one nine five and eight. Second leg of the Quaddy at Flemington on Saturday, race seven, Paramount Plus Chatham Stakes, fourteen hundred meter Group Three handicap. Joel, taking a punt on the import here, the Irish import number two, Cinewan, who's got James McDonald to ride for the Freedmans. Former and uh, a lot of good horses in Ireland. Former round Armory. Uh, New Marion, who we did see once in Australia going back a few weeks ago, ran really well and was one placing behind the Cox Plate winner, State of Rest, at the Curra two starts back. So, look, both his wins have been at a mile. I think 1,400 fresh will be perfect. And if he turns up in uh, his best form, I think he's going to be very competitive. Five, just a canter. Got under guard, got under punter's guard last week at big odds, winning the uh, Linlithgow. He's just going really well, this bloke. And I think now out to 1,400 suits even better. One, Rainier. Look, he was very good first up last prep behind Splintex. He's usually pretty competitive. He'll get a soft run here. Just need to get clear at the right time. But if he does, I think he's certainly a winning chance. And 11, Shayo. They've really sort of been keeping fresh for that Cantala Stakes. She got way too far back. She hit the line well. Now they've gone on a quick backup. Yet to be proven whether she can handle that backup. But she can run well with the... A gear change back in trip uh, with the winkers going on. Two on top for me from 5, 1 and 11. Rainier on top. Uh, very good first up form and, and races really well at Flemington. Um, trolled up nicely in readiness for this and uh, certainly a big case on, on his best form. So he's on top for me, the one. In for second, have the 11, Shalo. Back in the Cantala last start, but as she usually does, charge home. She's always thereabouts in... She's been better thereabouts in better races than this. Um, and she does enjoy racing here at Flemington. So back in grade, big chance. Uh, riddle me that. Uh, consistent horse. I think he's going pretty well, this preparation. Um, form out of the sale. Cup's been pretty good. And uh, gets him on the 54 kilos here. And in for fourth, I have the six uh, Asia Chivalry. I think is a will be a noticeable improver second up. Um, prefers this fourteen hundred meters diff, distance. That's his pet trip, and thought was um, uh, one at a pretty good price at, a, at each, sort of each way odds. But so is the one Rainier. He's my best value of the day at Flemington. One on top of eleven, fourteen, and six. Uh, Shayo for me to beat Age of Chivalry. High Stranger fresh and back in trip at big odds, and just a canter eleven, six, nine, and five. And the last black type race of the Flemington Carnival for 2021 is race eight, Paramount Plus McKinnon Stakes, 2,000 metres, wait for age. Group one worth two million bucks, Joel. You said earlier, Bucks, it's a really competitive race. You can make case for most of these. Um, I know Zaki's going to be a warm favourite, but coming off a setback probably means he's vulnerable and, and coming off a defeat at odds on too. Um, so... Wide open. I'm going with seven, Moango. I tipped him in the Cox Plate. He probably loomed with his chance and didn't quite attack the line. So the, the query remains at 2,000 metres, but we'll know after Saturday. He's had the run at it now. 
he'll get his chance, I think, from... Should get a, light, a nice run in transit anyway. For Zaki, if he turns up at his best, he'll be very... Collect off the grid one win last week. She doesn't necessarily need soft ground. She's much better on it, but she can perform just as well on top of the ground. And five, Kai Nautique. Just needs a genuine tempo. I think if he gets it, he's a blowout chance. Obviously uh, ruled out of the Cox Plate. I think he can be competitive here at odds. Seven on top from four, nine, and five. Zaki on top for me. Um, Springs' A game will be really hard to beat. As we mentioned last start, before the Cox Plate, <clears throat> when he was down to run, I don't think he was all too bad in the Caulfield Stakes when third is a, a beaten as a very short price favourite there. But I don't think he can bounce back to his best here. And he's on top for me. Ten Hungry Heart. She will certainly improve rising in trip. Um, excellent over the 1,600 metres in the Empire Rose. Um, didn't think she ran that well, but she was uh, bursting out of the ground late. 2,000 metres will suit. Colette, excellent um, on a dry track last start. Probably gets uh, some wetter conditions here. And in for fourth, I have the seven, Mawanga. Four, Zaki on top of 10, nine, and seven. Uh, similar to Joel, Mawanga, Zaki, and Colette. I've got Superstorm in for fourth, seven, four, nine, and three. That's the end of the black type at Flemington. My value bit comes up in the last uh, wide open 16 horse Grand Handicap Sprint Benchmark 80. Uh, thought El Salto might be able to get away with it at massive odds. As I mentioned, my best earlier in the program, race five, number one, Nimalee, Joel's best. Race two, number one, Warning. Value bet race four, number three, Port Louis. Um, Daniel, you said Ranier was your best. Race seven, number one, what was your value bet? Uh, Ranier was the, sorry, the value bet. Um, oh, okay. Race, um, but I was pretty keen on Godeline as well. Uh, both sort of bigger odds, but um, I do like Godeline coming out of that <clears throat> Maui Cup. Uh, win, tough win there. So race five, 10, Godeline and Ranier. Race seven, number one, my two best on the card. Okay, once again, Rose Hill is the venue for Sydney Racing on Saturday. And uh, there's a few big money races here. And the first of them is the uh, race seven, and that is the English Rural Property Golden Gift. Uh, this is the only million-dollar pre-Christmas two-year-old race in Australia. It is at set weights, and there are 12 to face the starter. Joel, uh, including three first starters, how did you see this one? Very competitive race. Um, yeah, the well, the first starters have all showed a bit, and the ones that have raced, you really couldn't put a pen through any of them, I wouldn't have thought. So... It's tricky. I've gone with nine queen of the ball. I was with her on debut a couple of weeks ago. I thought what I thought was a good trial. She did a good job jumping from one of the outside gates. She was left a bit of a sitting shot early in the straight. And then she got the wanders a little bit. Loved her fight there. O OJ had had the run behind her and, and did beat her, but not by much. I think with the benefit of that experience and uh, the winkers going on, just to sharpen her up a bit, I think she's a, a really good play each way again at around the double figures. Uh, to meet one of the newcomers, 11, Ebhart. If experience doesn't hold her back, she can win. I thought she looked very good winning her only trial to date. She's got a tricky draw, but she's in a good camp with the Snowdens. She had a great pedigree. As I said, if, uh, if experience doesn't hold her back, she can win. Five, Shalatin. Well, she was a, uh, he, sorry, was a real sectional star on debut. 
behind OJ, drew the outside gate, came from a long way back, had the day's fastest last 200, should settle closer from a better gate. And in for fourth number one, Sajardan, who looked the goods, winning the Breeders' Plate. He was back there, 16s into 10s, had a wide draw. He's got another wide draw to conquer on Saturday. Plenty of chances, but I like nine each way from 11, 5 and 1. Yeah, I thought this was really hard. I got this uh, two on top, Nobel. Very good to boo, I thought, at Mooney Valley. Um, sort of warmed up late, caught the eye there. And uh, over 1,000 metres, I think 1,100 metres, much more suitable assignment. Um, and, yes, it was pretty quick sectionals running home there. So the two on top for me, the 11, Ebhar in next, the Snowden train, Philly. I thought the, the recent trial win was was quite good and in the case you can run up to something like this on on Dubu. Eight OJ OJ. Um, hard to ignore the, the win on Dubu there. Uh, bigger price, got the right run there, but um, finished off strongly. And in for fourth of the six cannonball. Uh, wasn't too bad in a pretty handy listed race at Flemington on Dubu. My numbers two eleven eight six. Race eight at Rose Hill on Saturday. Highland race colours hot Danish stakes, fourteen hundred metre Group two at set weights for fillies and mares, and it's worth half a million, Joel. Yeah, nice um, little race. I think is, you know you can make case for probably four or five winning chances. In saying that, I'm pretty keen on number one, Rocker Clock. She looks ready to win. She's won her past two third up runs. The set weight conditions really suit this highest rated runner in the race. I thought she was good fresh in the Niverson, went to the invitation and beat all bar Ice Bath, who backed up and nearly won the Cantala last week. So excellent form. We know she peaks third up. She's the one to beat. Six tricky gal, didn't have a lot of room in the straight there in the invitation. Should have finished closer. Has another good draw. Can be competitive. Three, nudge. She found herself in a tricky position and was held up early in the straight. Didn't savage the line the last 200, but the race was over. That was in the invitation. Her fresh run down in Melbourne was excellent. So she bounces back to her best form. She's a hope. And nine electric girl. Going well for the new stable. Comes through a, a deep benchmark race last time out behind Quantico. I referenced earlier one at Flemington on Tuesday. Prior to that, she was quite good behind Minaj, who also won at Flemington on Tuesday. One rocker clock on top, though, from 6-3 and 9. Pretty keen on rocker clock here. I've been with her this preparation. Um, have a good side, a big price last start, but Ice Bath, just too good late, and I was obviously going on to Frank the Form, so... Um, sticking with Rocket Clock, she looks to set up nicely for her here and she'll be really hard to beat in this three nudge. Um, not a whole heap of room in the invitation, but the good the run out of a good form race first up um, holds, good, holds her in good stead for this. For Madame Rouge in next on her best form, she's a big chance, just hasn't had a whole heap go right this preparation. And in for fourth, I have the six tricky gal. One on top of three, four, and six. Well, as you may have gathered, rock a clock of the best on the Rose Hill program for both Joel and Daniel. That's race eight, number one. And we heard about Joel's value bet as well. Race seven, number nine, queen of the ball. Daniel, talk us through your value bet. Race 10, number three, suave. Yeah, thought it was a very good effort last start from this Lonroy Gelding at Randwick. Uh, the winner there, promising success, looks pretty handy and, of um, course, going to run around on Cup Day, but was scratched the day of. Um, I think it was a short price favourite before the scratching. But, yeah, that, I think that's good form for this, that, that form there. And um, did have to give that 
did have to give that horse two and a half kilos less. So Suave having a good preparation, thinking going with the job here and um, my best value of the card. Race 10, number three. That wraps up Rose Hill on Saturday. They are racing on the Parks track at Morfordville in Adelaide. And, Daniel, you're saving the best to last. And that is race nine, number five, Thrill Kill. Yeah, I thought it's sort of come up over the odds, this Gelding. He's a very consistent horse. He's 11 starts. He's won three with six minor placings, and he's continued that trend, this preparation. Um, he was a long way off him on the turn at Morfordville, and not the greatest place to be at sort of 1200 meters. And uh, he really hit the line nicely behind the billionaire who's since come out, hasn't run all too well at its next start, but it's pretty handy form for a race like this. I think he continues to progress and from that good draw, not as far, far back this time around thrill kill. So within striking distance on the turn, he'll be really hard to hold out race nine, uh, number five, the best value comes up in race number five, African awesome. He's going to be a horse that doesn't prove over further than this, but I think 1,300 metres is a pretty good um, pretty good kickoff point for the preparation for this lightly race gelding. It's in pretty well at the weights, 57 kilos after the claim, and most recent first up run, he was excellent running on over this trip into second. Um, so do a mid, he will get over further, but has a bit of class about him and uh, sort of like 11 to $12, I thought he was well worth an each way bet in in this race five, number three. All right, Eagle Farm is where they are racing in Brisbane on Saturday and uh, very cosy feels indeed. You can only get the eight races up and uh, yeah, it's the smallest Brisbane uh, Saturday meeting we have seen in quite some time, but still. They'll be paying out in cash money if you can find a winner. And uh, once again, we go to the last, and that is uh, Race 8, Daniel, number five, Wonderful Riri. It's probably the, the toughest race on the card, depth-wise, um, but I'm really keen on Wonderful Riri. I think she's a, she's a very good mare. She was <clears throat> an outstanding campaign um, during the winter. She finished fifth in a listed race at a most recent start, um, and that was off a pretty wide run in transit. She kept continuing to attack the line and wasn't beaten fast from some pretty handy horses, better horses than what she faces here. She has a very good first up record. She's won three races from six starts and the recent trial behind a subsequent city winner in Kylisi. Um, I think holds her in good step for this. Drawn ideally in barrier two. Picks a lot of boss because wonderful Riri and I think she can go on to bigger and better things. This preparation, maybe see her in some nice races over the over the uh, the Brisbane summer. So, wonderful referee. She's the best of the day. Race eight, number five. Next best comes up in race three. Um, or would come up better price. Stuck with you. But it's at the $4.50 mark. When I last looked, look, he's been contesting sort of slightly better races in Sydney of late. And I thought his last start effort when running third was, um, was quite good considering he sort of was back and wide for much of the trip. But he... Continues to, to keep coming and, and ran on nicely into third. Drops two kilos here and finds a weaker race to what he saw last start. So I'm stuck with you. A good chance in the third race, race three, number four. Joel, any thoughts on Eagle Farm? No, nothing for me there, Bucks. All righty. We will move across to Ascot which is once again the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday. And there are a couple of 
stakes races. Uh, first of them is race seven, Drum and Golf Fair Effa Stakes. This is a listed race for three-year-old Colts and Geldings over 1,400 metres and BJ's, our man in Perth, BJ Ryan's best bet, comes up here, and that is number three. It's a Ray Day to, believe, uh, to beat uh, number eight, Devoted to his goal. And seven, Stay Safe. And there's a group two, and that is the Lee Steer Stakes at weight for age over 1,400 metres. And here, BJ, uh, tough race. But goes with number six, Massimo, to beat the Velvet King, who's number four, Regal Power, who is number one, and Valor Road, number two. And BJ's uh, best, as I stated, was in that fair effort, and that was uh, race seven, number three. It's a Ray Day in his value bet. Race three, number three, Secret Pearl. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman Bay are racing at Tarapa and Rickardson. Yeah, it's New Zealand Cup Week in uh, New Zealand down the south. Rickardson, three days, uh, three-day carnival there, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and we kick off with the 2,000 guineas for the three-year-old boys. And I am with Team Tiaki out here, number five, Nover. It's race eight on the program there at Rickardson. Uh, Nover always showed plenty as a two-year-old. They, they sort of didn't get the chance to test him at at the elite level at two, obviously he had a few issues there, but I've just always liked what I've seen from him. And he's come back this prep, had a couple of placings, good runs in defeat, and then went bang last time out, stepping up to the mile, ran past Field of Gold, who will be one of his rivals on Saturday. It was a strong win. Opie Boson makes the trek down the south to ride. I think he'll be too good for them. And I've made him my best of the day, race eight, number five. Uh, the value, we're sticking with a horse that got us a win a couple of weeks ago, race nine, number three, My World. Made up for a luckless debut on the South Island uh, by winning very well second up at good odds. Happy to make my value again. Stays in the same grade. Goes up a little bit of weight, but you've got uh, Tony Pike with a couple of runners and a couple of others with form in it. Um, a Tiakau runner. So I think he will be value my world and can win again. And at Tarapa, not a bad uh, support program there. My best is Rosen Power. Did mention her as the best last week. They scratched her from an open handicap. She was impressive winning first up, uh, jumping straight to the front. That's her asset. Brilliant gate speed. And they've saved her for this week at benchmark 74, which is the grade she was too successful for first up. And after the three kilo claim, she actually drops in weight. I've got a lot of respect for the Moroni runner number 12, Tavia, but I'm still uh, quite confident to make Rosen Power the best of the day. Race seven, number five, and the value. Race six, number 10, Fontaine. Got talent, this girl. They went five or six weeks between runs last start and stepped up in distance and crossed to the front from a wide gate, which is completely against her pattern. She was still in front of the 200 and then got run over, but not certainly not uh, disgraced. Drawn wide, I hope they ride her back in her normal pattern. And if they do, she'll be very hard to hold out. Race six, number 10. Okay, that wraps up a massive Saturday of racing around Australasia brings us to our best $20 bet for the weekend, Lazy Lobsters.
Well, Daniel, as uh, part of your greatest day of tipping ever, you got us out of jail on Cup Day with satin ribbons, uh, returning a nice overall profit. Joel and I missing the mark there. So, Daniel, just uh, you can do the honours. Uh, what are you going with on Saturday? We'll go Sydney uh, race eight. <clears throat> Pretty keen on rock o'clock. Um, yeah, so twenty on rock o'clock. Righty, how are you? You've got in, got in ahead of Joel with Rocket Clock. Joel, what does that leave you with? Oh, that's all right, because I, I was thinking Rocket Clock and then I had a backup, and the backup I'm more than happy with because I was probably going to lean his way anyway. Uh, we'll go across, across the ditch. Uh, Rickerton, race eight, number five, Nover. He's around $3. I think he'll win the guineas. Excellent. And I will go with uh, the horse that um, Joel and Daniel don't give much chance to, and that's race five, number one, Nimalee at Flemington on Saturday. Enjoy the final day of Flemington, uh, listeners. Uh, we hope you back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.